turn one soul ring. So do you watch, uh, do you use any streaming services to watch shows or movies? Netflix. Netflix? That's it. Do you watch, uh, what, like, what was the last thing you watched? Anything, like, new? Do you watch BoJack Horseman? No, I think you've asked you me that before. I think I have. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, BoJack Horseman is one of my favorite shows. I really like how they really talk about, like, mental illness. And there's actually, like, getting past them being amp anthropomorphic animals that yeah. are walking around humans and stuff like some people are like oh i can't get into that and it's like but it- yeah that i i get it i find that sort of uh <laughs> that because we've all heard that before it's usually from our parents that it's just like uh, it's it's tiresome right yeah. it's just like just <laughs> give it a chance on. and then they can create kind of jokes from that as well which kind of like leads into the humor of the show a lot yeah um, but it really actually hits a lot of true to life feelings for a lot of people. And some people actually might be surprised at how much this delves into, um, things like, um, depression and addiction. Um, and then other things like even dementia and stuff. So, uh, they really have a lot of good things to say in the show. And, uh, the show is coming to an end with season six. I have watched, uh, the first episode of season six. And uh, season six is releasing in two parts this year. So the first part's out now. Second part is out, I think, in December. And that's, that's, the, that's the end. Oh, and there's new Rick and Morty coming out, mm. which I'm really looking forward to. Rick and Morty is another good one. Yeah, that's a fantastic show. Too bad it's not on Netflix. Super well written again. Just like, you got, you got good talent there. Yeah, my favorite episodes are the reality or the uh, alternate reality TV episodes. I love those. Those are the best ones. I have a friend who hates those. Yeah, I don't it's like how is it, it like a, a is it like a flumbus? Plumbus. Plumbus. How is the a plumbus, plumbus made? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> or then they're in like the the um, the hospital, and Morty's staring at that woman, and then she just like disappears, and she's <laughs> on the game show. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like... <laughs> Just don't go near that coffee machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Or they go to that, like, it's like a Rutgers type store, like, game place. Oh, and they yeah. plays, and, and like, Morty, like, puts it on, and it's, like, an entire life yeah. that you live. He's like, oh, God. Yeah, he, like, comes out of it. It's like, wow, 55 years. <laughs> and then Rick plays, and he's like, he's taking him off. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so you beat cancer, and then you went back to work at the carpet store? <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's uh, good stuff. That's funny. Anyways, uh, that's uh, well, that's about three minutes and thirty seconds of some solid non-magic content. So we're gonna Perfect. get. To, yeah, we're, let's get to the show. Yeah, the Turn One Soul Ring Podcast Show. We talk about magic. We do. I'm Kevin, and I'm Eric, and uh, we don't have special guest Ryland on the show today. Just in case anyone was wondering, <laughs> <laughs> just us. Just us. You'll have to. I don't know. Yeah, you're Deal just you're it. just gonna have to grin and bear it, yeah, and keep listening and give us a five star review. There also, you go. Please we can't forget that. Today on the <laughs> show, we're gonna be talking about something that we all love to do and have in Magic, which is card draw and card advantage. For sure. Yeah. So this is this is seemingly a complicated topic, but we're gonna try and break it down and make it as easy to understand as possible. Perfect. And actually, I learned quite a bit when I did the research for this episode, so I think it'll be a lot of fun for everyone involved. But before we get to that... We have some news to talk about. That's right. Uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but the um, the Commander 
announcements yeah, from the, a few weeks ago. Their plans. So I guess this episode's coming out on the 11th, and this post was October 30th. I think that's how that works. Yeah, I think it might be the... 18th? Yeah, I think it might be like the 17th or 18th that this is coming out. Okay. So. Anyways, we digress. So, next year, we're getting Commander decks earlier. We are. We're getting um, five new Commander decks with the release of Ikoria on April 24th. Yeah. And they'll be themed toward that standard set. There's 72 or 71 new cards in the set, and the rest are reprints. Mm-hmm. So apparently 71 is more than they've ever done before. That's true. But they're, yeah. do, but they're doing five decks, right? Exactly. So, so they're going back. It's kind of like, ooh, we get five decks now. It's like, well, we had five. We went to four. Now we're back to five. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting for the league. I wonder how we'll do that if we'll introduce a five, fifth player or we'll just draft the decks and keep it at four and then we'll just play without a deck. But anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah, that'll, that's for later. Yeah. <laughs> so on top of that... Um, there, uh, there's five new decks came with Ikoria, and then the next set, which is Zendikar Rising, we're supposed to be getting two more Commander decks. Yeah, and each of those decks has, uh, like, they're again themed for Zendikar Rising, and each deck has three new cards, and the rest are reprints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that's what we can expect from Zendikar Rising. Uh, those will also be themed with the set. Which I'm looking forward to seeing their these plans for these decks, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely different. Um, one of the things they say is kind of as an example, if they were doing these planned decks when Kaladesh came out, they would have had you know like an energy commander deck, which w- mm-hmm. could have been cool. So, <clears throat> yep, definitely. And then we have the um, what do we new, the, new product? The yeah. commander collection. Right. I was gonna say spell book. But, uh, pretty much yeah. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, yeah, so it's a collection of eight reprints, all green. So it's Commander Collection Green. Mm-hmm. And then you can get it in foil and non-foil, which I really like because the spell book, you got a random card in foil. This way, you can, if you want to spend more for the foil, you can just get the foil. I really like that they're doing that as well. Yeah. Some people don't like to spend more on the foil, some do. Which is and then and which is great because you can just you, people get can all those cards. get exactly what they want and they can spend accordingly. Yeah, so that's really really good. Yeah. Um, do you have any green cards off the top of your head? Well, that I you think, think should be in here. Yeah, I think Sylvan Library would be great. That's up to like 40, 50 bucks. Forty. I think it's like fifty Canadian now. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, Survival of the Fittest. That one also. Needs a reprint. I would love Oracle of Moldiah. Yeah, that's a good one. That's like a $40 card for yeah. sure. That'd be a great card with new some new art. That'd be very nice. Uh, like even Tooth and Nail. Like yeah. I don't play Tooth and Nail, but that's a great commander card. That's a great card. Good finisher. It's getting up there. Yeah, for sure. Even oh. like even like Heroic Intervention. Like that's not an old card. It's not a... But it's like that card is going to be $30 in the next year. Yeah, because now that it's in Pioneer, I think the yeah. price is going to go up as well. Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, big boy, Craterhoof. Craterhoof needs I a reprint. could get a yeah. reprint again. So. Man, I was down to 10 bucks when MM17 came out. Yeah. And now it's like back up to 35 I know, it's crazy. I was kicking myself because right before MM17 came out, I bought 
a crater hoof from its original printing and I paid $30 for it. And I was like, man, I should have waited. And now I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's back there anyways. Yeah. yeah. Full circle. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be another fantastic reprint. And yeah. uh, I'm sure there's quite a few more that were missing. I mean, Guy's Cradle, not a green card and it's reserve list, but still, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> it would be nice. A yeah, functional it's... reprint. <laughs> Actually, even like what's, is Itlamok up to like 10, 12 bucks, I think. So and Ilamog's just going to go up in value it is. because of Commander. So even getting one of those wouldn't be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. After that. Yeah. More products. Yeah, that's the, so much product. That's coming. not. We're not even into Q4 yet. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Commander Legends. Yes. Yeah, so this is interesting. It is really interesting because it is a draft set, draftable set. It's um, twenty card booster packs. There's a foil in every pack, and there's 70 new legends. Mm-hmm. And you get two legends per pack That's as right. well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. My only worry is that you're creating a set that is draftable but is geared towards Commander. And those are two very, very different formats. And many times a card that's good and limited is not good in Commander. That's, so that's yeah. my only worry about the reprint equity they're investing into this set. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all. Who, you know, who knows? And I think what's great about each of these products is we're getting, because with Commander Legends, we're also getting two more Commander decks just like Zendikar Rising. Right, yeah. With three new cards each for each deck and the rest are reprints. So we're getting a lot of reprints next year, which is really good because this format is getting more and more expensive. Even, and even cards like Felwar Stone. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's like a four, almost $5 card now. Thought Vessel. That's a $12 card. Doesn't Th- need to be. No, that, like, <laughs> it's, it is, it's not right. Yeah. That Thought Vessel is $12. No, it's really not. I really like that card. It's like, it's too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Uh, I didn't really like correlate. I was hoping just because it's going to be for Commander, there's just going to be a lot of good Commander cards, but I could see them powering down things because it is going to be a draft format. So Absolutely. And we all want, when a new set comes out, like we don't just want to open packs, right? Mm-hmm. We want to we want to play limited with the set. Yeah. But there are... Like there are restrictions with limited because we want to have a good limited format. We don't want to have a Masters 25 limited format. No, we don't. And Masters 25 also wasn't a good reprint set. So like they did it like that. They pooped the bed on that (laughs) both ways. But, you know, that, yeah, that, that is, um, it's very intriguing though. It is. Regardless. I'm, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do. And it is a 36 pack booster box. So it's, it's like your battle bond or it's like your conspiracy and conspiracy Two. There was a quote I just wanted to read out from their original post. Um, so these cards can be from anywhere in space and time in the multiverse and are legal in eternal formats like legacy vintage and commander. It is larger than a normal set with oft asked for commander reprints and new cards alike. Tons of beloved planes and characters are represented, plus many new ones too. Oh man, the, so the, what are they going to do the with lands. this? Like the lands. <laughs> yeah, I um, do like how they say uh, it's larger than normal with oft asked for commander reprints. Mm-hmm. Right, so they they hear us talking, but we want more reprints, and so they're hopefully going to throw a bunch in here. Yeah, you know, like Ristic Study would be nice. 
Yeah, for that sure. is a card that will probably go from common to rare. Yeah, but even and, a reprint and, is nice. And it's not, you know, it's not a good draft card. But neither is Smothering Tithe. Yeah, and that's a great card. That's a great commander card. And you know, it's also good. Like if, if this is a success, then I think it's also good for standard because then maybe they won't be printing cards into standard that are for commander and you know maybe making standard a little bit more standard centric you know and just sort of being able to like modern horizons like being able to print sets for formats for formats totally yeah yeah and obviously we don't have more information on this kind of set because this is coming out this time next year yeah yeah so it'd be really interesting to see like i guessing if we still do three packs You'll be making us like a brawl style deck, like sixty cards. I'd assume because you're ending it with a regular draft, you end up with forty cards that yeah. you draft. With this, you're ending up with how I didn't yeah I didn't do the math before 45. we five. Well, you get forty five cards from a regular draft. If this is a sixty card pack, you'd be getting a twenty card or twenty pack. card pack. You'd be getting sixty cards in the end, but you still want to have leftovers you want to just jam all those cards into a deck right right because with a with a with a limited deck you have a it's like a 20 like a 22 card like 22 spells and then the rest are are lands usually some somewhere in that neighborhood depending on what 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 i wonder if you will have like a like a 50 card deck or something you know like yeah, yeah, that'll be... Um, that'll be interesting to see. They mm-hmm. they said it was fun, but of course they also said that when they were internally testing Brawl. But anyway, but you know, like, yeah. Conspiracy was a great draft yeah. environment, and, you know, you're using the command zone in that environment. You don't have a commander, but with this with and with all the legends, I assume you're choosing a commander to represent your deck. Another interesting thing, and I was talking to Riley and Trevor about this, is are the same stipulations going to exist for color identity? That's the really difficult thing about doing because, a draft like this. Because you could really get hamstrung. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like Magic more and more wants to avoid feel-bads. Yeah, which totally. Is, which is, I totally agree with, with that approach. But if, if the same rules apply to Commander that apply to this draft format, then you, you, you could really get, you know, it's not like you can splash. Right? Like no. you can't limit it. And also, does the singleton rule apply? That's yeah, another that's thing, thing about drafting. So you're obviously going to be seeing the same cards. Yeah. So this is so these things are sort of, you know, um, the, the, I'm just I'm concerned about about these things, and, and you know, and as we get the the rules for this, and as the cards get spoiled, we'll see. But I'm sure I'll draft it regardless, just to just to see what it's like. Brand new thing. Yeah. Definitely want to try it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that, and. Uh, yeah, that's sort of what we're looking at next year for Commander products. So, so us being all Commander players, yeah. there's lots of good news on the horizon. There's so many new products coming out. There's almost no, it's not like too much. Yeah, <laughs> Hope, yeah, that's the thing. Hopefully, we don't see you know like fatigue, but also with all these products, I I have a very hard time believing that we're not going to get the kind of reprints that we need yeah with this this is it's five two and two and then a whole commander set you know and and the and with this green product as well so yeah if you shit the bed with all these reprints like 
Like that's a lot of like that that is that is a lot of reprints. Yeah. And you know, even just even if they spread it out because like there's a lot of reprints that you know that need to be made that are you know like like your Felwar stones that are yeah. that are like $5 cards that just that need a good reprint or like Arcane Signet from the Brawl decks like that's a, that's a $10 card. And that, you know, you'd never be wrong to put that in a two or more color commander deck. Oh, totally. <clears throat> and so we just need more copies of that out there. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, we will uh, we'll be waiting with bated breath. But it's nice that we only have to wait until April for the next commander product. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. Because so. it does, uh, like, I don't, like, I think we've talked about this before, and I don't think two commander products a year is too much, like two sets of four decks, you know. They're, you know, they're, they're sort of, and Wizards does this, right? They, they sort of like, th- it's like, so, hey, something, something's going well, so let's just throw a ton yeah. of it at the players. <laughs> right? And like, it's like, okay, it's too much. And they're like, okay, we're going to completely stop doing it, right? And it's like, there's, there's no half There's no, no, there's yeah. no half measure. It's all, nothing, yeah. Like. <laughs> <clears throat> so we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really all we can do. That's all we can at this yeah. point. That's right. So let's move on to the main topic of this episode, which is card draw and card advantage. What, Kevin, is card draw? Well, card draw is drawing any number of cards from your deck. This doesn't always mean card advantage, of course, but we'll get to that. For sure. Um, There's a few things about card draw. I would consider a tutor effect a form of selective card draw as long as the card you search for ends up in your hand. Yeah. Because yeah. you still are drawing a card out of the deck. Exactly, yeah. And the same would be true for a, well, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll save that one for later. Uh, <laughs> so uh, card draw is, um, I think, the less complicated of the, of the two. Uh, card drawing card advantage. Because it's just drawing a card into my hand. That's, That's all. right, yeah. Very, yeah. very straightforward. Yeah. Um, but it is something that is very important to playing the game and it's something that we all want our decks to do to kind of function properly totally <clears throat> we are getting a, a card draw every single every single turn what happens if you didn't even get a card draw yeah, that's uh <laughs> not a good magic life <laughs> so drawing more cards than the regular stock amount of one each turn usually means card advantage over an opponent or our opponents mm-hmm. and that that'll kind of lead us into card advantage is there anything else you wanted to to say about card draw i think that's about what card draw yeah, is about yeah my it's, friend. Pr- it's it's pretty straightforward yeah and it could be like you know a like tutoring for a um you know if if you like rampant growth yeah i don't, I don't know if i'd consider that card draw because the card's not coming into your hand it is coming onto the field Battlefield. But, you know, it's a one-for-one, so it's not card advantage either. So it might, it might be closer to card draw than card advantage. Hmm. That kind of a thing. That one's a little tough. It is a little tough. So we'll just leave it there that it's a little tough. <laughs> yeah. but, we'll, talk, uh, we'll talk about it later after we yeah. get over card advantage stuff. Yeah, but yeah. just, you know, just, just know that Rampant Growth is a great card. Yes. So what is card advantage? Card advantage is, in the words of Eric Taylor, a magic designer, any process by which a player obtains effectively more cards than his opponent. Probably his or her. Is, sure. You know. What he was going to say. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> what he meant. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> 
So that quote, that may sound a bit vague, and uh, we'll try to... Fluff it out, expand. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with a simple example of card advantage. So the cards, Divination and Jace's Ingenuity. Mm -hmm. So Divination draws you two cards. And Jace's ingenuity costs uh, draws you three cards. One, uh, the mana cost isn't really important for this, but divination is two and a blue, and Jace's ingenuity is three and two blue. Three and two blue. Wow, harmonize is better than Jace's ingenuity. It is. Yikes! Hey. That's not good. Planar chaos. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Get out of here, Jace. <laughs> so one of these, so one of these spells is putting you two cards ahead, while the other one is only putting you one card ahead. And you always have to remember that using a card in casting the spell is is your you're losing that card, right? Yeah. So like if you if we're casting a spell that just like deals like if we cast lightning bolt, we're getting that three damage from that one card and that's it. But if we have a card that just says draw a card, we're not really getting you're not getting card advantage. You're not getting card advantage. It's card draw. It's just it's card draw. Yeah. There's no advantage over it. Right. Yeah. And so with divination, you're drawing two cards, but you're only one card ahead because you had to spend divination to draw those cards. So you are spending that card. That's part of the cost, mm-hmm. technically. Yeah, and with Jace's <laughs> yeah with Jace's ingenuity, you're two cards ahead because you're spending Jace's ingenuity, but you're drawing two cards. Yeah, or three cards. It draws three, three cards, cards, right? So five mana, two draw three. more in total. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, which is something that before, I, like, I didn't really think of things that way before, like that you're spending a card. Like, of course, like, you know, playing limited, it's like thinking about two for ones and three for ones. Of course, I thought about that. But in terms of card advantage, I, I didn't really think about it that way before. It's like I knew it, but I didn't sort of think of it in, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also why cards, um, one of my more favorites of recent uh, Chemister's Insight. Yeah. Because it has the jumpstart mechanics. So we're paying four mana. Yes. Um, but we're getting rid of this one card to draw two cards into our hand. Mm-hmm. But later on, when we jumpstart the cast again, uh, we do have to discard a card, but then we're getting two again. So you get your plus one card per advantage each time you cast that card, and we do right. get two casts out of it. Yeah, and that's another thing that's really great about the adventure mechanic because most of the time you are getting a two-for-one, right? Because if you have Murderous Rider and you destroy a creature or Planeswalker... That's a one for one, but then you get a creature off of it, which is a two for one. Like it's two cards in one. Yeah, because you are doing two things with that card. You've gotten two abilities out of it mm-hmm. or a permanence. So yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, another example of of this is if we look at a card like Whisper of the Muse, which is a it's a uh, I believe it's a one mana card from I don't know Tempest maybe. Maybe no, I don't think it has buyback, so it might be from Exodus. Anyways, it's one mana. Target player draws a card. Yeah, Tempest. And it has buyback for three, five for five. Yeah, Ooh. Ooh. yeah, three would be good. <laughs> um, so if you use Whisper of the Muse and you don't pay the buyback cost, you're not getting card advantage. Yeah, you're spending Whispers of the Muse to draw a card, so you're at a net zero gain. But if you spend one and then pay the buyback, then you're basically not getting any disadvantage 
at that point. You had to spend mana, but you're drawing a card and you get to keep Whisper of the Muse. So you're just plus one card at that point. Which is why buyback is so powerful, especially exactly. if the buyback cost is only paying mana. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of the best buyback cards make you pay more than just mana, like Constant Mist, where you have to sacrifice a land. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Uh, and, and this is something that I didn't really think about when I first started playing the game, is that card advantage is, is the, more than just about the cards in your hand. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, I just wanted to note a couple cards before going on to that part. Um, it's interesting because some people think when you're, like, looting through, these cards are giving you card advantage. But, like, so I love using Faithless Looting as an example mm-hmm. because we are spending this one card to draw two cards and discard two cards. With a, a, a no net gain. So you aren't actually net gaining, you're losing a card in this right. transaction. Yeah. So technically, Faithless Looting is actually card disadvantage. Right. Yeah. Like like Vampiric Tutor is also card disadvantage. Yeah. Or like all the, the or like or that, that cycle of tutors because you're putting the card on top of your library. You're discarding this the tutor spell and then the card that you're tutoring for goes on top of your library. So you still have to draw that. Mm-hmm. So you don't have the card in your hand. It doesn't replace itself. Mm-hmm. You're just adding another card somewhere. And so it's, again, disadvantage. Disadvantage. Yeah. yeah. So yes, those cards do get you through your deck, which is still worth something, but... With what we're talking about in pure card advantage, those situations are at a disadvantage. Exactly. Technically. Yeah. And yeah. those cards we're talking about are extremely powerful. Totally. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but they but they and they're giving you card draw, especially a card like Faceless Fateless Looting, but they're not in advantage. Correct. Card advantage. Yeah. Anyways, they're probably giving you some kind of advantage. Then hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like we were saying. The card advantage is more than just about the cards in your hand. Um, adding permanence to the battlefield is also a form of card advantage. Yeah. That's why in Commander, when um, it's you know sort of early turns and someone has the opportunity to attack, and what you can do is you can look at other people's, you can look at the cards in their hand, and you can also look at the permanence they have on the battlefield. And if there's no real threat... What I usually do is I attack the person with the most card advantage. Yeah. Because <clears throat> if they have, like, one more land or, like, they're they're even just, like, up one card because of a spell they played. Sure. Yeah. They they do have some form of... Yeah. It, yeah. Advantage. Yes. Lead. Exactly. <clears throat> so a card like Explosive Vegetation is a good example of uh, this kind of adding permanence to the battlefield and giving you an advantage because you're spending explosive vegetation to search for two basic lands and then go right on the battlefield. So you're spending that card. So you're at a disadvantage. So it's, that's gone, but you're putting, you're at a net gain because you put two lands on the battlefield. Yeah. Giving so you advantage. In a way you can say it's a two for one for yourself. Yeah. Cause that one card's turning into two cards on battlefield for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So with the idea of card advantage, we should also talk about card disadvantage, and and um, like let like we we already talked about like the tutor effects, and and that kind of thing, but in terms of creating card disadvantage for our opponents, yes, is what I'm getting at. So a card like uh, like a wrath effect, like a wrath of God or a um, damnation. If you're spending that one card to remove five or 10 or 15 of your opponent's permanence from the battlefield, that's giving you card advantage. 
big time. Mm-hmm. You got rid of a whole board of other people's stuff just for that one card that you cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you can also kind of think about card advantage or apply it to the number of cards in a player's graveyard. Yeah. So if they have... You can look at it a couple of ways. So if they have more cards in their graveyard than you have or than anyone else has, then that is... So they may have card advantage, but they also may have card disadvantage because if they have a lot of cards in their graveyards and therefore not a lot of cards left in their deck or hand, they'd be at a disadvantage, especially if they don't have a way to get them out. Totally. But if they're using a deck where that is essentially that their graveyard is essentially part of their hand, then they're at a huge card advantage. Yeah. So you really got to watch out for that because there are those commanders that are looking to use the graveyard. Like Marin. Yeah. Yeah. Or Carador. Carador is a big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just because they maybe only have like one creature or something on the battlefield, but their graveyard's kind of stacked, like that again is a big advantage for that player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in terms of commander which is what uh, we like to talk about most on this show, is um, a situation that would create card disadvantage or, well, card... Let's, let's, uh, let's play through a little hypothetical scenario. So if, Eric, you cast a... I don't know. Let's say you cast an Oko Thief of Crowns. Sure. Right? It's, you know, it's, it's on everybody's mind. Let's just My talk about it. My favorite new card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you cast that and then I... Counter it. I just hard counter it. Counter good, spell. Good old Too counter blue. spell. Get out of here. So you and I are both down a card. I tried to cast a card that I want to get on the battlefield. And yeah. You're like, I'm going to use my other card to get rid of your card. That's right. So we're both down a card. I didn't use Arcane Denial. Just hard countered it. Yeah. So then, you know, Johnny and Timmy, they're both at an advantage because they didn't have to use any cards. So they're, they're just sitting they, there. They're, they're just sitting there. They're happy that I did that. Yeah. But they are still at a an, at a card advantage. Just if all things being equal. Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> well, being equal before you cast Oko. I don't know why you had to cast Oko. I mean, did you see how it's good even that card good in is? Commander. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just good. It's a good card. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, and, and also just on the note of like Oko, this is why. In Commander, like, Planeswalkers can be very powerful, and you can kind of yeah. give them their own rating as well. Because this is another card, once you cast it, it's giving you extra value every single one of your turns. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, I always like to put the ones that, like, either draw me cards. There's a lot of Jaces that draw you an extra card, which are decent even to have out for a couple turns. Mm-hmm. Um, or if we have, like, Elspeth plus one, you get three one ones. That's some good That's card a, advantage. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So um, we're going to get even more complicated with card advantage. We're getting into the thick of it. We are. Uh, We're going to talk about dead cards and blanking cards. So if you... Blanking or blinking? No, it's blanking. It's blanking. (laughs) So if you've ever ever been playing a game of magic and you've uh, gotten too many lands or you've mana flooded, as, as we like to say. Our second league game for me. That's right. Yeah, you did not. You did not do much that game, but you came back and you're in the lead, which is all that matters. <clears throat> yeah, like it doesn't matter what happens during the game. All that matters is that you're winning. Sure. 
right? Yeah. That's what we're supposed to tell kids. Just always be winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ABW. It's like sales, ABC, always be closing. There you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if, so if you've ever been in that scenario, especially if, if the other player is, is also experiencing the same thing, you know that magic games can often reach a point of uh, a, a stalemate scenario. Yeah. Where you're both drawing cards each turn. You're and, in top deck mode. Right. Or nothing is, you're not drawing anything that can impact the board. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, once, once, when you're playing a game, once you have enough mana to do what you want to do, extra lands can become dead cards. So those cards no longer impact the game, and therefore you, you, you can't really count them towards your card advantage. Mm -hmm. So even if you have enough lands on the battlefield and you stop playing your lands and to your opponent, it clearly looks like you have cards in your hand and they don't know that they're dead cards, but they are. So you can play them, you can keep them in your hand, but you can't count them toward cards that can make an impact on the game. Yeah, when you're not drawing playables, as I like to say, it's something that creates you value. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just not any card advantage for yourself. Exactly, yeah. So uh, blanking one or more of your opponent's cards is a way to gain virtual card advantage, and you turn them into dead cards. So uh, this this kind of thing would be like if I had two 1-1s, one and Eric, you had a 3-3. Three, 3-3 three. Three, three elk. 3-3 three, three elk, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even going for like the Oka thing, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in that scenario, Eric has one card on the one, you know, he has lands and everything, but he's got one creature on the battlefield and I have two. So it would seem that I have the card advantage in that scenario, but I cannot attack into, I cannot attack Eric and have a favorable outcome to that, to that, to that combat because he can block with the three, three, the first time, kill one of my one ones, I get one damage through, and the next time around, it's the same effect, except I don't get one damage through. So in those situations, I'm just like up a permanent, up a permanent. Right. And yeah. so those two one ones are dead cards, even though permanent-wise, I have more on the battlefield. Yeah. So that is a way to gain virtual card advantage. Like seemingly you don't have card advantage, but you actually do because it just doesn't make sense to to trade. Totally. You know, in that particular scenario. So another example of this is playing a uh, particular strategy that blanks cards in your opponent's deck. So if you know your opponent is going to play um, like a discard spell, like a mind rot or a wrench mind, mm -hmm. then you could play a strategy where you just empty your hand, right? Like you're playing like a Hazoret deck and you just completely empty your hand so they can't get you with any of that kind of stuff. Um was blanking the effectiveness of their cards actually doing something to you. Those become dead cards, and you have more card advantage. Exactly, yeah. And in a scenario like Thoughtseize or... Uh, what's the other one? Inquisition of Kozilek. Thank you. Um, those cards don't create card advantage because you're spending your Inquisition to look at my hand, and then you're removing a card. Uh, I guess in terms of Inquisition, though, that has a mana cost stipulation, right? Yeah. Uh, is it three? Yes. Three or less? Yeah. So um, 
Which I guess makes sense for the set that it came out in, because otherwise you'd just pick the Eldrazi. You would, yeah. Right? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that doesn't create card advantage. And oftentimes Inquisition is a strictly worse card because it can create card disadvantage for the person casting Inquisition. I've been in that scenario several times. <clears throat> oh, totally. Not in uh, that. Yeah. Where yeah it's, they, when I they, go against... There's no targets. I see a Tron land and I'm like, well, my Inquisitions are infinitely less good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that, the, those, those are all ways to create a, uh, like to, to blank your opponent's cards and gain virtual card advantage. Mm-hmm. Put you in a winning position for the game. Yeah. Discard effects are so, so backbreaking and limited. Yes. Cause you're just like, this is what I have. This is all I have. This is what I got. You took you my know. one bomb. I'm like, yeah, that's it. I just like guess we'll sideboard. <laughs> Everything good is already in my deck. All right, <laughs> I'll maybe use this one other artifact. I don't know. <laughs> guess I'll mainboard naturalize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the next category we have here is reducing the risk of dead cards. You can earn virtual card advantage by avoiding dead cards or finding a use for cards that might otherwise be dead. So let's imagine a game that has gone on for 20 turns. Neither player can get much of an advantage over the other. Neither player can get much benefit from any land beyond the 6th or 7th. Um, so, we'll, yeah, we'll use the Johnny and Timmy again. Yeah. So, because it's, uh, what is it? Is it, were we talking about this recently? We were, yeah. Like the, the, uh, the Unset think, Legends? Yeah. Is Johnny the it's, combo player? I think it's... I think it's Timmy combo player and Johnny tournament grinder. No, no, it's no. No, it was Spike tournament grinder. Yep. It was Johnny Power Gamer. Uh, do you remember what they were called? The uh, the sets? No, what the what the actual person is called in terms of like a creature type. Oh, I think it was like a human gamer. Maybe. Human something. Why are you just doing like a card kingdom search? Or gather. A gather. Yeah. Uh, Timmy Power Gamer. Yeah. 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 And Johnny is the combo player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it spikes the tournament grinder. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, so. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, so Johnny is sitting there getting frustrated with every useless land he's drawing, while Timmy, on the other hand, is using his Merfolk Looter to draw a second card each turn while discarding a useless land card. He's really being a power player. Yeah, he is. Well, that's what Timmy's do. Yeah. So this is making Timmy's turn way more impactful and uh, way more impactful than it would be with only one draw and, of course, way more impactful than what Johnny's doing. Totally. Yeah. So the Merfolk Looter is not giving Timmy card advantage, but it is giving him virtual card advantage by helping him avoid dead draws. Totally. And Merfolk Looter is... What is it like? One mana tap, just uh, draw a card, discard a card. I think that's, it's. I think so. I think that's it. I'm gonna say that's it, and we're not gonna we're not gonna check. Yeah, it is one. <laughs> oh, actually, you don't have to pay. You just tap it. Yeah, I think. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I said. The record will sure. reflect that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so something always good to keep in mind is. Uh, this is going to some hints for like new players and stuff. I always see a lot of people like once you have a, once you draw land and stuff, you always play that land. Now that can actually in some situations be the wrong thing to actually do. Definitely. Yeah. 
Um, this is also good for like if you're going to be going out and playing some limited um, or also just playing like some sort of constructed on top of just commander. Yeah. Because when, you, when you're drawing cards, uh, this is a card game where you're versing somebody. So if you don't just keep playing out all your lands when you have six or seven already and you know you can't play anything bigger, it's a way of bluffing to your opponent as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people forget about that. And that's something that I do try and keep like on top of. Yeah, because if you then, don't need to play it. If don't. you don't need to play it, don't play it. Because then people may think there's something in your hand that you can use to respond to something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll change the, the decisions that they may make. Totally. Mm-hmm. And then with our example of Johnny and Timmy there, again, if you keep those lands in your hand, uh, once you get one of those pieces in your deck that can loot, you're going to be using those lands, which are dead cards, to loot through your deck just to get more stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is an added thing, just don't always play your land sometimes because it can be to your advantage to just keep some in your hand. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. And, you know, you can use a a memory tool to just remind yourself to play a land. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, in most limited scenarios, though it is competitive, you can, if, you know, I've been in many situations where people will like, they'll pass the turn and be like, oh, I forgot to play a land. It's like, it's fine. Yeah, right. Well, it's all good, man. Just <laughs> Go play, for it. play the land. It's, <laughs> I'm gonna be like judge. You know, we're not a MCQ or Mythic Championship or anything. Yeah, we're just at a game shop. Yeah, the only way I'd probably do that if it was like rude or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but probably not even then. <clears throat> so I I think that I think that about covers the basics of card draw and card advantage. Yeah, there was something I wanted to ask you about like turn the phases of your turn so when you like untap upkeep draw your draw step does that draw that draw trigger does that go on the stack like can anyone respond to that do you pass priority when you draw that card no i didn't think so yeah so somebody somebody can still do something on like on your draw step i do this Mm -hmm. so you would draw the card still but then they can have an effect to like look at your hand and discard a card or something like that. After you draw the card? Yes. Because uh, how your draw step works is at the beginning of your draw step, you draw a card. Right. And so if something is on your draw step, yeah. the effect will happen after you draw the card because the card draws at the beginning of your draw step. So someone can respond to the end of your draw step when you move to your main phase. That's what they're responding to because when you move through phases, you pass priority. You do, but there's no priority passing in card draw. So it's still just like on your draw step, I do this. There's no technical like... There's no difference between draw and main? There is. But But on your draw step, there's no like... You don't have to pass priority for someone to be like, hey, I'm going to do this on your draw step. But you get to draw the card first always. You're always drawing the card first. If they say I'm doing something on your upkeep, that's before your draw. But if they're doing something on your draw step, you're going to draw first. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That's that's what I thought. I think we pretty much covered everything there's to know about card draw and card advantage. Uh, except that you should put a lot of cards into your deck, at least your commander decks that create a lot of card advantage. Yeah, this, that's always a, a piece of your deck that you want to forget about. Mm-hmm. There's, there can be so many times in games where you're just like stuck top decking, and that's the worst feeling. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, you want to keep the curve as low as possible, and you want to have a lot of card draw spells. Even if you're digging through your deck, you know, 
it's, it's a lot if, better than just like drawing a card every turn. I'm like, that's it. That's all I got. And when I'm building decks, like I create a category for a card draw. I don't create a category for a card advantage. Yeah. But a lot of the cards that create card draw also could, create card advantage. Correct. Yeah. They could just be like, I would put Faithless Looting into a card draw section. Me too. Or I would put Brainstorm into a card draw section. Yeah. But, so some of those give advantage, some of those give disadvantage, but they're still both drawing cards through your deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which can, you know, give, create situations to give you card advantage. And like we said, you know, board wipes are card advantage in most cases. In most cases, you're getting rid of at least two or more permanents. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, all, all those are very good things and should be paid attention to. Um, man, Merfolk Looter. When was the last time you thought about that card? Masters 25. Oh, yeah. That was in there. <laughs> Did you draft that set? I don't remember. I'm, I might have done one. Yeah, but I don't remember. I think I did one. Okay. I tend to do that with the master sets. Just get one in. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with um, the, like, Commander 2020, the whole thing. I don't, you know, I don't know how I feel about, like, the two-deck model. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, do you play those get decks, like, against each other or do you like get the zendikar decks and wait until commander legends and then play all those decks together you know what i mean it's just like a strange number to choose like maybe they thought four would be too much probably they were probably right but sort of like two isn't enough you know so i don't know you can't do like four and four and four like every single set release i don't know seems like a lot yeah no i i agree it does seem like a lot but you know it's I'm not sure. Like you were saying earlier, I think this is like them just, (laughs) you know, throwing. It's like, you know, they're throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And Commander has stuck. So they're like, okay, well, let's just do this. It's (laughs) like they took like three years of products and crammed them into one year. It's also interesting because they went down to four decks on top of going up to five decks for the new Commander product, it's coming mm-hmm. out sooner, Yeah, and we're getting more decks on top of the five Commander decks. It's like... And are we not okay. going to get, like... So is this going to be, like... So is, like, April going to be the new time for Commander decks? Because if they're having Commander Legends come out, you know, at the time... Well, no, that's, like, December, but they'll have, like, Zendikar Rising is, like, the summer-ish set. Yeah. The spring set. So... No, it's the summer set because Ikoria is the spring set. Uh, anyways, yeah, Ikoria is April. Yeah. So July is is Zendikar. Yeah. So like we're not gonna get a Commander product like we've gotten the last couple of years in August. Yeah. So we'll get it in. So I guess we just I don't know. I think that is gone. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. In, in its place is now like hey, you get Commander stuff at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and then little bits and pieces here and there and then they can fill in that august slot with some other supplemental well they're still in corsets right so that's like corsets like july time right so not that that has anything to do with commander but i'm just saying like you know how many products yeah can you can you expect people to you know um but yeah we'll we'll see what happens i'm 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 uh 
skeptically hopeful. <laughs> Let's say that. That's a good term for it. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to like a new set, I pretty much just be like beyond the commander product with the precon decks, I pretty much just buy the singles that I want to put into my commander decks or like modern or popper. Yeah. And then I don't really, you know, any packs that I get, they're just from like entry or prizes. Totally. So you know, whatever uh, blows your hair back. Uh, it's it's nice that they're putting so much attention on Commander, and uh, I hope I hope they use the reprint reprint equity wisely. Yeah, because they they did say that hey, uh, Commander's growing. It's a lot of entry point for players, so they kind of are showing that they want to support that. And then they're also listening to us being like, hey, we need more Commander reprints. There's these cards that are too expensive. Mm-hmm. Please help. Yeah, I hope they reprint Ancient Tomb again. I don't have it in enough decks yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. also good for Wizards because it's it's a way to just, like, we'd be buying more products straight from them if they just keep reprinting these cool cards. Mm-hmm. It's also just more products for us to play with Commander. So Yeah, and a lot of these cards are only played in Commander. Totally. So it's a great way for them to reprint cards that don't really affect the secondary market. And players will buy the sealed product. Like Ristic Study, no one's investing in Ristic Studies. No. Maybe like foil Ristic Studies, but... Sure. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So like that's a great target for a reprint because that is a card that's like $30 and it's a common from Prophecy. Doesn't need to be that expensive. Doesn't need to be. So yeah, I I think from that perspective, it's... It's it's a good thing yeah. as as long as as long as they use the equity wisely and again I'm worried about a set made for draft that's for commander reprints so but like Battlebond had a few good ones it did yeah. and them doing that doubling season that'd be a good green card for the yeah we forgot about doubling season <laughs> we forgot about doubling season for sure that would be really good because that's back up to sixty bucks yep. Yeah, it didn't even go very low, hey? It didn't, no. And it only sees playing Commander. Only Commander. Yeah. It's that high. That's that's just incredible. It's got to get another reprint. And how many decks is it really in? Yeah, right? Like, if, if we look at, like, I mean, you know, I know we can't really look at, like, Tier 1 decks. If you go on MGG Top 8, there's no data for Commander. You can't, yeah, there's just nothing. It's just dual like, Commander. Yeah. That you can find data for. But, you know, that card is so expensive, and it, it sees playing that one format, and in... You know, we've got like Super Friends decks yeah. is where it's the most popular. Yeah, because that's the best home since you ultra Planeswalkers right away. And those but decks are already also... so expensive to build. Yeah. And so then you're putting this card in there as a more expensive. It's like a five color, four or five color deck, right? You play with the Traxa. It's your commander. Yeah, four colors. Yeah. Chain Veil just keeps going up too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be another good reprint. Chain yeah. Veil. Not a good limited card though. No. Neither is, <laughs> neither is doubling season. <laughs> But um, doubling season, like, also token decks could see it, and then if you're doing, like, plus one, plus one counters, like, I have a doubling season in Animar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I put that doubling season that I opened in Omnath, Angry Omnath. Oh, yeah. So it's just, Oof. and yeah, I don't even run Oof. that many Planeswalkers in that deck. Uh, another good reprint would be the, not a reprint, but finishing the um, Battle Bond land cycle. Yes, doing the enemy colors they could do that they should they should do that in the, draft in, the, set. in the commander legends yeah yeah um because those lines are just fantastic and maybe they should start putting those in the commander product because they're not, not like very expensive 
You're not really made for commander. The foils, the battle bond foils will still hold their value because they're not going to print foils. So it's like, I, you know, they're still all like, I don't, I think most of them are still under $10. Like if they say in commander legends, they finish the cycle, Mm -hmm. then on, ongoing like every single deck should have one of those lands in it yeah because that's that's a land for commander you know i know they were made for battle bond but like let's be honest they're perfect for commander it's a commander card Mm -hmm. that's what that is yeah yeah (laughs) yeah because if you're playing against only one person you're playing dual commander yeah so otherwise they're they're perfect (laughs) yeah all right well untap lands yeah yeah well um i'm yeah i'm sure we could talk about all the reprints we want to see till the cows come home but we'll just wait and do a set review when the time comes so um probably also we'll draft and we can let you guys know what the draft is like for that uh yeah for sure i was also saying like jokingly um to a couple of our buddies that we should do like a draft and then do a league with the deck that we drafted (laughs) i was like that sounds terrible (laughs) it's an interesting starting point yeah um, a few that we would have to like increase the amount of cards we could swap out. I think. I think so too. Yeah, <laughs> to get to especially to get to a hundred cards. Yeah, yeah. Start at sixty, now you get two to eight cards per game. You're like, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to add lands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna bring this episode to a close. Um, like we said, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure we went over everything for card draw and card advantage. Yeah, if you have any other questions, just let us know. We're, yeah, yeah. We like feedback. We sure do. Um, yeah, you can, uh, if you want to do that, you can find us on Instagram at Terminal Soaring the Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Command Beacon, and you can email us at Turn Soaring the Podcast at gmail.com. We are currently doing our November Instagram giveaway. It's um, one pack of cold snap to uh each to two lucky winners we thought uh, that's right it's uh, it's getting it's getting chilly at least where we live uh yeah. up here in canada eh so just um, coming, eh? that's right yeah <laughs> game of thrones um yeah so we thought we'd do like a fun set from the past and yeah. um i don't know do you get the snow covered lands in those packs <laughs> i don't know yeah, I don't know either. We should. I think. I, I feel like I asked you that before, and, and now that, and obviously neither of us looked into it. <laughs> um, but anyways, we have the packs, and we will uh, send those out to the winners on December first. So check that out on Instagram. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. You can also find us on YouTube if you are a YouTube podcast listener, because we know you're out there, right, Eric? You're one of those. I am. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's good. <laughs> what? That's... Oh, I thought you. I thought you made a shameful face. Oh no, no it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, and wherever you do that, uh, give us a rate and review, and we will five stars. Yeah, please, and we will um, talk to you very soon next week, probably. Most likely, it's it's probably a definitely. Yeah, on that one, we'll see you then. Yeah, thanks for listening. Turn one, soul ring.